Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. Walters. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast. I had expected to run an encore roundtable for you today here on Christmas Eve. And by the way, Merry Christmas as we go into the third hour. It is Christmas Eve edition of Armed American Radio's Monster Cast here in the Car Firearms Group Studios. Six Hour Mike, X Insurance presenting it all. And Neil McCabe is kind enough. We checked with him during a break in the previous hour. He's kind enough to stay with us for this hour of the show. So I'm thrilled about that. We have a lot to cover with him. I think we laid the groundwork coming for coming up to the discussion in this hour because I want to take you to Colorado. I want to mention the NRA and a, and a tweet, believe it or not, from that moron David Hogg that really highlights some of what you were talking about in the previous hour because nowhere in the previous hour, Neil McCabe, when we were talking about the gun rights leaders and, and the community, et cetera, was the three letters NRA mentioned. And we'll go there in just a moment. It's an, it's an interesting dynamic in play there in Washington, D.C., as we talk about the leaders of the gun rights movement. Neil, welcome back to the program. Merry Christmas, my friend. Thanks for sticking around with us. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, Mark. And, uh, you know, before we jump into it, you know, I'm, you know, I, I grew up in Massachusetts and we, uh, we've talked before about uh, how I would have never I, been uh, able to tell that. <laughs> well, it's with some sadness, Mark, that I uh, that I tell you I've lost my accent. Uh, but whenever somebody tells me how beautiful the snow is, it's like, oh, because you've never woken up at five in the morning to shovel the driveway so your dad can go to work. And, you know, people who grew up in the Northeast, and I know you spent a lot of time in the in the North, and I, 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 I'm sure it's you have shoveled some snow. Yeah, You've shoveled out parking parking spots. You've yes. shoveled out driveways. Um, do you, do you get much snow at the ranch? You must get some, like some years Very you must little. get a dusting, I, right? I think uh, we've had as much as six inches. I've been here since 05 and I think we've had snow here of any measurable amount, maybe three times. And, and it was up to as much as six inches, but it's gone within 36 hours. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stop there because I could go in a bunch of different directions with you. But go ahead and finish your point. I think I know where you're going with this. No, 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 no. And, of course, uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, of being at the ranch and that we were hit with a typhoon. And, and I'm still like this is sort of my growing up in New England. I, I, uh, no matter where I am, I always in my brain convert rain i always say what if this was snow right I, I, it's it's, 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 it's just like this automatic this is automatic translation and uh you know because sometimes sometimes you know two two degrees three degrees in the wrong direction oh yeah and that rain that freezing rain becomes like a blizzard 
and uh, we were hit with like a typhoon that night. Um, and I was thinking, wow, this is snow. Yeah. But northern Georgia does get some snow. Well, we get ice, too. And everybody remembers, remembers the uh, what, what they call it here in the Atlanta area a few years ago, Snowgeddon or Snowmageddon or whatever they called it, that shut down the city for a couple hours. You know, it's funny. You mentioned people who say they love the snow have never woken up and done that early in the morning. I You left one part out. They've also likely never woken up to 80 degrees on Christmas morning, right? And right, that's so bizarre. They've never seen that that other side of that either. But uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of parallels there when we talk about politics. We tend not to see the other side of things because, again, we, you know, politics is all local. We were you know picking on Mitch McConnell. Those that are voting for McConnell in Kentucky don't see some of the things going on in L.A. And by L.A., I mean Lower Alabama, where I'm from. That's what what L.A. is, which is <laughs> Lower Alabama. Or we certainly don't see things that are going on in California, right? So, you know, politics really truly is local until it begins to affect the rest of us, hence the Schumers, hence the Pelosi's. I don't know. I think we're in for a sea change, Neil. I see things changing. You mentioned Chicago in the previous hour. There's a lot of black Americans in Chicago that are absolutely fed up with what is happening in Chicago. So shifting from guns, let's let's stay on that topic because crime is going to be a huge issue in this election coming up in 2024, huge, the border and crime. And you mentioned Chicago. There are black leaders in Chicago that have said enough, enough is enough. Why? Because they're living what the Democrats are telling us isn't happening. They're living it every single day. California is a prime example. You know, I've had Russell Stewart, who, you know, you've been on the show with Russell Stewart, founder of Beverly Hills Guns. He just announced his candidacy running for the Beverly Hills City Council, and he's a perfect candidate. Why? And I, I mentioned to him, and he, he gets this. He knows this. That's why he's doing it. Beverly Hills, he's going to focus on crime in Beverly Hills, and that will likely get him elected. Who would have ever thought that we would be talking about running for a seat on the Beverly Hills City Council on a crime platform because crime is now so bad in Beverly Hills that people can't go outside with a nice watch on or that, that purse that cost a few thousand dollars. They're worried about, you know, robberies, street robberies there. You know, we're seeing the uh, the smash and grabs across the country, California predominantly. So, all you know, all of this is tied together. We talk about running on gun rights. Well, let's let's make that even bigger issue. Let's that maybe gun rights might be the micro. Let's go to the macro crime itself. Neil, are the Republicans smart enough to run on that issue through 2024? I have a feeling Donald Trump is. Yeah, it's it's really difficult for uh, for a lot of Republicans to um, to really speak to their the, the interests of their voters because of the media. We've talked about the demand signal from donors. The demand signal from the media is just over. It's just so overwhelming. There should and be I, no I demand signal from the media that that shouldn't that's, that well, phrase shouldn't even exist. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, well, you know, I'm a reporter now. I've been a reporter for a long time. I worked at Breitbart founded by the great Andrew Breitbart. And, you know, Andrew Breitbart said that the media is more powerful than the government itself. And it's the media that actually is driving things. And, and he, you know, this is a guy before he started Breitbart. He ran the Drudge Report for 10 years 
and you know for you know along with but basically uh he was the guy running the drudge report every day sitting at the desk and nobody even knew who he was and and i would say that when he was running the drudge report you know he, he might have been the most powerful man in america um back if people remember when the drudge report mm-hmm. was was relevant um it's it's weird. It's weird to talk about that because it's, this is something that I was on the Drudge Report, you know, 20 times a day and I, I haven't been on it in months, but there was a time people when, yeah, uh, yeah. now I'm talking like, I like this old crank talking about the days of the Drudge no, Report. No, it's true. But, I, I visit it from time to time just to see what left wing nonsense is being spewed on Drudge, but it's still getting over a billion hits a month. Now, who's provide, you know, that's likely coming from left wing media. Well, I don't know if it's getting that much traffic, but the, the, the the fact of the matter is that the reporters are 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 committed partisans. They are they are not observers of the process like they're supposed to be. They are participants in the process, and and they are actively working to eliminate gun rights. And it's for them, you know, it's um. It's a weird thing, right? Because, you know, I've worked at Capitol Hill. I've covered Capitol Hill. I've covered the White House. I've covered different, I've been on the campaign trails covering different presidential events. And, and I've worked as a local reporter, uh, you know, in Boston, you know, interacting with the report, you know, you interact with the reporters you're hanging out with. Um, and I will tell you that I assumed, even at the White House and Capitol Hill, I assumed that they were, that I would be interacting with like real left wing, left wing sort of Bolsheviks. They don't even consider themselves political. They don't even consider themselves partisan to them. It's, uh, are you crazy or are you not crazy? And to them, a conservative is crazy. And they go to the senators and the congressmen and they ask them questions. And the, the subtext of every question is, are you crazy or not crazy? Um, think about the four years of Trump, every press conference, some female reporter would, would ask Trump a question, some variation of, do you think it's appropriate? And it's like, it's like, you <laughs> Neil, do, the these, refrain do, all the- do these folks go into Columbia School of Journalism with an open mind and come out of that machine? left wing or do they go in there predisposed to those politics now let me let me just no, say this. the union the, 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 the unionized teachers have the unionized teachers have created a lot of the mess that we're dealing with yeah and what we're, see, we're seeing a lot of that at harvard right now and the backlash to that i want to get into this with you at some point during this conversation because i as i said before i believe there's a sea change coming i really do believe that i i'm getting that gut feeling and we'll talk with neil mccabe a little bit about that sea change and what he thinks as, as an experienced reporter on capitol hill we'll be right back
Fish. Mike Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia, supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment. And I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast continues Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you and your families. I hope you're enjoying a wonderful time. I hope you're not listening to the show live. I hope you're getting it on podcast. Frankly, it is Christmas Eve. Neil McCabe, welcome back to the Car Firearms Group Studios here in front of the Six Hour Microphone at all presented by X Insurance at the Ranch in Georgia. You've been here. I wish you were sitting here with me now. Be a lot of fun, but I'm glad you're not because it's Christmas Eve. Let's go back to this conversation. Some of the things I, I would like to tie together would be, uh, you know, this sea change. Let's let's shift gears and go to the sea change. Let me use California as an example. Do I believe California can be fixed? I do believe California can be fixed, but I believe it's going to be a multi-generational shift. I Do I believe our cities are crumbling? What, you know, at what point are our cities fixed? Who comes in to save our cities? Now, ladies and gentlemen, notice that everything I'm talking about here is run by Democrats. The vast majority of our inner cities are run by by liberal, progressive, socialist, Marxist, now communist, acting as former Democrats or trying to anyway, masquerading, as I say, as former Democrats that are destroying America's cities. We now have reports out this week. Neil, you've seen them. Census reports are out. People are fleeing New York in record numbers. You're in Florida. Florida is growing like a weed. Texas growing like a weed. Georgia is on that list. Southern red states growing like a weed. People fleeing blue states. That's because of failed left-wing policies. So I believe that in and of itself is an indication that there is a change. And you've mentioned on this show many times, let's go here. The country's going to split apart along red and blue, which we are watching it do right before our eyes. Isn't that true? Well, yeah, but you know, the, the, the problem, Mark, is that for, for, the, for the real change to come, there has to be a cataclysmic event because we just don't have free and fair elections anymore like we had growing up. Even if you did, nobody's going to trust it. Exactly. And so, you know, when you, when you have, you know, a case like in Colorado where, you know, the leading Republican rival for, to president Biden is just say, well, we're not, we're not going to put him on the ballot and he's never been convicted of anything. So we'll, we'll convict him or we'll, we'll imagine that he was convicted of something and we will take him off the ballot and so, you know, that, that's going on in ways big and small in California and other places. And so what unfortunately has to happen is there has to be some kind of economic crash or some kind of, you know, political uh, upheaval um, that unfortunately um, may become violent. All of and which is predictable. All of which is predictable, and I fear that. I talked about it on on uh, Wednesdays. Was it Thursdays? I talked about it on Thursdays. Armed American Radio. I, I want I've, look. I've been warning people for a long time. Something they keep is poking. inevitable. Well, they keep poking it. Poking. Colorado's a prime example of that. Now, let me very quickly bring the NRA into this conversation briefly. I mentioned uh, a tweet from David Hogg. I want to bring gun rights into this. The left continues to attack. The National Rifle Association, David Hogg and all of his infinite Harvard educated wisdom, which we're now seeing isn't worth that much at Harvard. We know what Harvard is all about. David Hogg put a tweet out the other day. Gen Z will outlive the NRA. The responses he got back were almost uniform. Who cares? 
It's you that are worried about the NRA. Gun owners are no longer relying on the NRA, bro. We've got other gun groups out there that happen to be kicking your ass down the road in courtrooms across the country. You see, again, this is part of that sea change, that shift, right? It's the, the media props the NRA up over all these years. Fav, you know, favorite whipping boy. The, the left wing media still think that attacking the NRA does good. It doesn't do any good because none of us care. It's not the it's not the 800 pound gorilla in the room that it used to be anymore that the media has made it out to be. All of these things are tied together. That's a cataclysmic shift in gun rights, is it not? The fact that we're sitting here saying that the NRA is not the monster it used to be. And me as a gun, I'm not concerned about it. That's what I'm talking about. It really doesn't affect me anymore. Am I a member? Yes, I'll always be a member. I think the nation needs a strong NRA. But the NRA is not the organization that is now driving things anymore. They're on the back seat. This is all part of this giant sea change that we're seeing, Neil. I used to get angry emails from the NRA uh, on the Monday morning after a show. And, you know, because we would talk about the problems at the NRA. And I guess it's one of those great ironies, right? The, The gun rights movement or the conservative movement was, for whatever reason, unable to fix the problems in the NRA. And I witnessed firsthand, firsthand, speaking to senators themselves, telling me that the NRA was kneecapping gun rights legislation because they wanted to keep the game going. And they did it all over the place. And it's, you know, they have that, that palace in Fairfax, Virginia. And believe me, working at the NRA, there was a time where working at the NRA was good jobs at good wages. And Gun owners and conservatives were unable to have a conversation with the NRA to fix the NRA. There are people who tried to reform the NRA. The great Oliver North maybe was the last guy who had a serious shot at reforming the NRA. And in the, and even Oliver North failed. And yet Tish James, the attorney general of New York, right? She just she's the one who put the nail in the coffin of the NRA. That lawsuit against the NRA was thrown out. It never went to trial. Right. But through discovery, she was able to do expose what was going on inside the NRA. So her goal was to destroy the NRA, which she successfully did. But in effect, what she really did was she made the gun rights community stronger correct because it was no it it was it was no longer sort of having to carry that empty vessel that the nra had become and so tish james never understood that it was the nra that was blocking the legislation and that was pulling back gun rights um and it's a you know it's just one of those things you think about obamacare when obamacare in 2010 was you know in play and it wasn't it wasn't a guarantee that Obamacare was going to pass, but the NRA signed an agreement with the Obama White House that if the Obama, the Obama Obama promised that nothing in the Obamacare bill would restrict gun rights, and the NRA stood down. They agreed to stand down. We won't support it, right? That other groups agreed, like the pharmaceutical industry agreed to spend 
you know, $200 million on commercials. There were different like uh, deals, you know, treaties that were, uh, that were cut. Um, the NRA's treaty with Obama was we will stand down. And so you had this phenomenally dangerous, lethal legislation that destroyed businesses and destroyed lives across the country. It's the reason why there are no more family-owned restaurants. That we In every town, there used to be these great family-owned restaurants. Neil, hold that um, thought. Family-owned Neil, hold, hold that thought, would you please? We're getting ready to yeah, take a break. Yeah, when we come back, we're going right back to, we're going to go right back to Obamacare. There's a couple other, uh, couple other little roads we want to go down on that as well. Neil McCabe, we'll be right back. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Don't forget to use the promo code AAR at MyPillow.com. Welcome back. Armed American Radio's MonsterCast Christmas Eve edition continues. Of course, we're sitting in the Car Firearms Group studios here at AAR Ranch. The Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone, all of it brought to you by X Insurance. We're talking with Neil McKay. Neil, I want you to continue. I'm sorry I had to abruptly stop you. We're getting ready to get that hard break. You know all no, about no, those. No, no, no. I was going... Obama. I was going down Tobacco Road. Let's go down. Let's go down Tobacco Road. Let's go down Obamacare. Keep that up because there's also the health crisis. The guns are a public health epidemic thing tied to Obamacare. Go ahead. Gun owners of America and other similar organizations fought Obamacare tooth and nail because they understood that in the scheme of things, Obamacare was dangerous to the culture and the economy and to the country. And, you know, and people didn't even understand why the NRA was silent. It, you know, their deal didn't come out until later. And so, you know, that was, I would say, in my political lifetime, right, the Obamacare fight was probably the most important fight that conservatives lost and the NRA stood down. And so, you know, Tish James, the attorney general of New York, if she had if she had stepped back and stopped looking through the world through this left wing Bolshevik filter. Right. With the, and she had seen what was actually happening. She would have kept the NRA. She would have left the NRA alone because the NRA was doing her job for her. By pulling by by being that drag on gun rights, um, and then w- what we've had now is you've had n- there are new and exciting groups, and there's there's new and exciting media. There's uh, Armed American Radio, obviously. There's Armed American News. Um, you know, there's guys in the. I want to shout out to the guys in the uh, in the Armed American uh, Radio uh, conversations on Telegram. Uh, I love hanging out with those guys. And uh, during the show and, you know, new things have popped up and, you know, gun rights is not a much better place post NRA. Um, isn't that the I way capitalism that, uh, works? Isn't that the way capitalism works when well, NRA yeah, went down? It's supposed to be cre- creative destruction. In, and, you now have, and, you have you groups know, you like talk- the Second Amendment Foundation who have been around for 50 years that have not. Yeah, I'm not going to say the SAF just step up to the plate. The SAF, SAF has been at the plate 
for those 50 years. But you now have Firearms Policy Coalition. You have very strong gun rights organizations, local state-run organizations around the country that are doing amazing work. And well, low and below, well, guess what? Carey the did. National Rifle. Well, Georgia Carey's one of them. AZCDL's another one. Virginia Citizens Defense League, who I think most of these groups have been modeled after. Phil Van Cleve's done amazing work at that organization over the years. And I, I don't mean to leave any of your state organizations out, ladies and gentlemen. There are too many to mention, but they're all doing amazing work. The Gun Owners of America has really stepped up to the plate as of late and taken that mantle and been very aggressive with it. And that's capitalism. The NRA is no longer. It's a shell of what it used to be as far as what the media said it was anyway. And these other organizations are now winning court battles working together. FPC and SAF are combined in lawsuits around the country together. And many other organizations working in conjunction with states' rights groups filing suits in states across the country. So this has been fun to watch, but that's capitalism. Hey, you know, that, that's the way it's supposed to work. You breed more competition. Boy, that's been really good for the gun rights movement, particularly post-Bruin. Neil, I think you'll agree. Yeah, and, and you know, going back to um, what we were talking about in, in Chicago, it might have been something I led off with, if I think, if I, uh, in our first segment tonight, is that you know, the, the political calculation was that uh, gun owners in cities are Democrats, and gun owners in the suburbs and in rural areas are Republicans. And that's why you sort of nobody, nobody really touched gun rights in the cities, right? Nobody, there were never any like sweeps through neighborhoods in the cities, right? Because the Democrats who run those cities weren't going to go after their own constituents. Whereas, you know, if anything happened in the suburbs or anything happened in the rural areas, then, then of course, you know, it was like, you know, no holds barred. Um, what's happening now is as these city neighborhoods are being abandoned and people are, be, you know, are really starting to embrace their gun rights as, as an identity. It's, um, they're looking and they're saying, wow, if, if these, Denver, if these new laws pass, they could actually come after me. And I think with the with the wave of immigration that's coming through, like as you just have, you know, you have 10 million people in the last year crash the gates on the Mexican border. I think African-Americans and other other minority groups that have been part of that Democratic coalition for decades, they're recognizing that the Democrats are moving on and that from them and their interests and that there's. You know, they're worried. They're basically they're basically looking out for the interests of these immigrants, not the people who have been part of their party. And therein and lies the seeds of that sea change I'm talking about. All of that is come out. You know, when you talk about gun, Democrat gun owners, there are two groups that historically you wouldn't think, but today are number one. As far as new gun owners, that's black Americans, largely inner city, urban black Americans. Why? Because they're living in crime infested Democrat run areas who and that this is why put this puts this back under that huge umbrella of crime in general, ladies and gentlemen. That's why if the Republicans are smart, they will run on crime itself. You can tie that to gun rights. It's a natural fit. And we're seeing that, as you just pointed out, Neil, largely in Democrat run inner cities and, of course, women, women. And those two, who are the Democrats always looking to take away from the Republican base? Suburban women. 
and it's suburban women that are now carrying guns in record numbers. This all ties together, ladies and gentlemen. That's this is all part of that go, change that we're talking about. Go to a gun show, and right. it's um, gun shows are a great way to spend an afternoon because and it's the beef just, jerky you know, is great. It's, it's, <laughs> there's no singing and dancing like people might think uh, it's not that kind of show um but you know you just go from table to table from booth to booth uh you know usually uh you'll grab like a hot dog and a coke right and the beef jerky uh, there'll be some tra- right the beef jerky there'll be some trailer there outside uh you know or or, or if there's a concession stand but you you know when you when you when you see the people who uh, you know who you don't expect to see at a gun show, right? The media doesn't tell you that sort of the population that's truly interested in, in firearms, and you see them with their families, and then you you know you see you see those pink hmm. AR-15s, right. right? Those pink they're not they're not marketing those pink AR-15s to me, right? And, and they're not uh, making them because they're holsters, not selling, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Those purse holsters are not being marketed to me. Um, are you so, sure in today's day and age, Neil? Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's I will get say, real. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'd like uh, to say, it's not why I called, right? Yeah. But for, I will tell you that years ago, I spent a week um, not that working there's at the Saks. <laughs> the Saks Fifth Avenue outlet near my town, oh, and um, I was wor- they put me in the the ladies' shoe department, and my job was to straighten out the shoes all day. Right, one minute by the way, and pick them up off the floor. Right, it, it's you know to pick them up off the floor because women would just come in, try on the shoes, and just leave them on the floor and just walk away. It was kind of a zoo, right? And I'm there a week, and my sister Elaine asks me, uh, "Hey Neil, how's it going?" I said, Oh yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's great. She goes, uh, how's the job? I said, I said, the job's really interesting. And I said, I said, you know, Elaine, there are these black, we just got these black suede Ferragamos with these really cute bows. They're kind of like a loafer, but where the penny or the buckle would be, it's like this bow. And I started describing it to her and and these other, she, she goes, you know, Neil, you know a lot more about ladies shoes than I do. Um, what's okay. going on? All right, stop right there. We're getting ready to take a break. One more second. I Christmas the job, Mark. With Neil I went McVeigh. into a panic and I quit. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with Neil. Don't go away. Sebastian Gorka letting you know that the Desperado Sport Fishing Crew in Virginia Beach, Virginia supports Armed American Radio and our right to bear arms. Now, back to Mark Walters. Armed American Radio's Monster Cast continues. I'm still chuckling about that last segment coming back in. Neil, welcome back. Did you buy the we shoes? We all have our struggles, Mark. <laughs> Did you buy the shoes? <laughs> no, no, I, you know, but uh, it put me in touch with a 
well, you a, can identify as anything with you want nowadays. Inside of myself, <laughs> I wasn't ready to acknowledge that part of myself, and so I found another. <laughs> Not job. that there's anything wrong with that, Neil. <laughs> okay. Oh, whatever. All right. All right. Hey, whatever. whatever. Here we go. What We're if, having fun. We it's all Christmas. have our needs. We all have our needs and wants <laughs> and desires. Okay. Oh golly. Oh, I. You know, I. I've never won a sports trophy. I think I'm going to identify as a female high school student, and I might be able to win a trophy. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. That's a whole different show. All right, Neil, I want to I, I want to take this last hour and focus on Trump and, and Colorado. We we briefly touched sure. on that over the course of these two hours, but there's pressure now. Pressure, I, you know. You read stories. I've seen it across multiple outlets. But Biden is under pressure now. By whom I don't know. Uh, this again. This could be just media hype, but you know, some pundit, but. I don't even know if he's aware that he's under pressure, quite frankly, to denounce what the Colorado State Supreme Court did in pulling Trump off the ballot. Now, there's also calls, as I would expect, from Republicans to say, hey, pull Biden off the ballot in Florida, pull him off the ballot in Texas, et cetera, because he's allowed he's violated his oath of office. We've got millions of of, of people crossing into America in violation of his oath of office to protect our border, our sovereignty, our national security. And because there's no legal precedent to it, it can be done. And, you know, I'd really love to see the Republicans start going on offense and actually do something like that instead of just sitting back and taking it from the Democrats instead of playing their long game along with them. We might actually win something. But do you believe Biden will denounce that? And if he doesn't, what does that say about him? And, you know, you've got also pundits. MSDNC, CNN, LOL, ABC, NBC, CBS, all of these organizations are championing what was done in Colorado. That really tells you where they're at and their hatred of Donald Trump to a point that I'm going to go as far as saying and I, I mentioned this on Thursday's Armed American Radio Daily Defense. It might have been Friday's lost track, but I fear for his life because they're 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 doing everything. It, the it's the visuals are all there. They're going to do anything they have to do to keep him off the ballot. And it's all Democrat operatives coming after him on all sides. And people who can't see that is mind boggling to me. There are people who don't see that. It's a complete partisan attack. I fear that there's going to be an attack on him that I pray for him and my family prays for him every night for his safety for that reason. Neil, what does Colorado tell us? How do you think this shakes out? Well, I think a thousand percent. The left is creating a permissive environment where violence against President Trump and his supporters is okay. Harris and, and him just fact, put out a tweet showing him alongside Hitler, who murdered tens of millions of people. To make that correlation is disgusting and sickening. Is that a dog whistle? Well, the, the message is that if you, you we have to stop we have to stop Trump. The, the, the fallacy of the message is that people think that Trump invented this MAGA movement and he didn't. He actually tapped into it. I would suggest that uh, MAGA, you know, MAGA started with Nixon in 68 and they jammed up Nixon. And so then the next next up was Reagan. They jammed up Reagan and then the, you know, Newt Gingrich and then the Tea Party. And when, you know, the Tea Party was kind of 
was very strong and very dedicated. And we were old enough to remember the Tea Party. And when they jammed up the Tea Party, people said, oh, you didn't like the Tea Party? Here's a guy named Trump. Next up, Donald Trump. And each time the American people send someone who's stronger and nastier and tougher and, and the, you know, and Washington is able to fend it off. And we'll, we'll see what happens in Trump's next term. What's happening in Colorado is really that first step towards secession. Secession in our lifetime is not going to be Fort Sumner and it's not going to necessarily be a civil war. It's going to be through legal and constitutional means because what will happen is the, the blue states are going to create circumstances where a conservative cannot win. And the red states are going to say, although red states and conservatives are going to are resisting it, in the end, what's going to happen is there'll be a capitulation on the red people in the red states where they say, okay, if you're going to cheat, we're going to cheat and we'll just rig the whole thing. And so we already, you know, we already see it in Connecticut and New York, like Republicans aren't winning there. Right. Uh, you know, it's, the, it's a, basically the system's all rigged anyway in these blue states, but it'll be like no Republican is going to win in a blue state. No Republican's going to win in a red state. And you will have two separate countries with two. So there's going to be blue laws, blue customs, blue traditions, and there'll be red laws and red values and red traditions. And, you know, we'll still sort of share a Congress and we'll share an army. And then it just becomes a matter of time where we say, okay, who gets the F-35s? Who gets the tanks? How do we divide up these aircraft carriers? And, you know, the, the, the U.S. Army and the U.S. military is this great unifying force creating this thing of a nation. A lot of our feeling of Americans, uh, you know, as a nation that holds all these different Different groups, right? You think about it, you know, you think about how many different languages, you know, if you go from, say, Paris to Prague, Czechoslovakia, you know, you, you might pass through 10 different countries, 10 different languages, yet that that's the United States, right? That's some of the same distances. If the, if the same distances were traveled in Europe that we travel in the United States, it'd be completely different countries and cultures, mm-hmm. yet in, a, in the push... The push to get conservatives out of the military is because the left realizes that that's the final battle of this conflict between red and blue is for control of the military. Because there's going to be a time when somebody's going to have to give an order. And they sort of gave the game away when they talked about Trump. Trump wasn't going to call martial law. Trump wasn't going to use the army to like shoot people like, but, but this is on their mind. They gave away the game when they accused Trump of doing what was on their head. And it's, um, it's a scary thing because they're poking us and they're prodding us and they're goading us and they want us to do something crazy. Look at what's happened to those, those poor, poor people who got caught up in January 6th. And, and what they've been through. And think about them this Christmas. Think about the people who are still being held 
nearly three years after the event, they're being held in pre-trial confinement. You know, Neil, let I, me, I know let me, we're, guy, we're getting ready to end right. this. I, I hate to do this to you. I, I could just listen to you talk no, about this right, all man. day. But I, one quick question, quick 15 second sure. answer. How important are our gun rights right now in today's climate? You got about 15 seconds, literally. The gun rights are the most important rights we have because they make everything else possible. Neil McCabe, Merry Christmas, my friend. Thank you for a very compelling conversation. We love you here, obviously, for, for obvious reasons, ladies and gentlemen. That's the great Neil McCabe. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. We will be back live on Armed American Radio's Daily Defense on Wednesday because we will be spending time with our families as you are. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you on the radio. Just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X Insurance. X Insurance on the Armed American Radio Network. Uh-huh.